Today's scripture is Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 42a, and I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Even from childhood, there are certain things that we have come to associate with Palm Sunday. Yet, if you were listening to the scripture as it was being read this morning by Jennifer Castino, if you were listening closely, you may have noticed that there were some things that we usually associate with Palm Sunday that were absent from our text in Luke's gospel as he tells the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The first thing that was absent, and this is kind of big, the first thing that was absent was palms. In Luke's story, there are no palms. And I've been resisting, but I just can't do it. Look, Ma, no palms. (laughs) There are no palms in Luke's telling of the gospel, and that is kind of big. We'll come back to that a little bit later in the sermon. Another thing that is missing in Luke's account of the story is there are no hosannas. No one is shouting Hosanna when Luke tells his uh, story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And just as there are no palms and there are no Hosannas, there's also no children. No children. No children shouting Hosanna. No adults shouting Hosanna. Nobody shouting Hosanna, but no children. And it's kind of interesting because in Luke's gospel, Luke goes through great pains letting us know that everyone is included. 
Whether you are a Jew or a Gentile, you are included. Whether you are young or old, you are included. Whether you are woman or man, you are included. Whether you were a sinner or a tax collector, you were included. Whether you were a woman of high stature in society or a woman uh, whose status in society was questionable, you were included. And Jesus even goes out of his way to welcome children in his midst, saying, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such as these belong the kingdom of God. But in Luke's telling of the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, none of these are present. But Luke goes to great detail in some ways that we might not imagine. He points out some things that might seem insignificant to us. And yes, some of these uh, appear in other uh, gospel accounts such as Matthew and Mark, but specifically in Luke. And we've heard this story so many times that it becomes easy for us to ignore it. And one of the things that is easy to ignore is what some have called the donkey detail. The donkey detail. Jesus assigns two of his disciples the task to go and find a donkey. Go and find, uh, go to the village ahead of you and find a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. Now, we don't know which two of the disciples Jesus assigned this donkey detail uh, because in Luke's gospel, it's not just the 12. There is a multitude of disciples and many disciples who uh, encounter Jesus on that road into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. We don't know who they were, but sometimes our, our imagination runs wild with us. And, and I've wondered if it was uh, those two disciples who met Jesus on the road to Emmaus, those who failed to recognize him until after the fact. Or I've wondered if maybe it was Peter and John uh, who he gave that assignment, but then I think maybe not because he sends them ahead in twos. He sends them ahead to prepare the Passover feast that they would celebrate during Holy Week. Then I also think maybe it was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, because they wanted to call down fire from heaven and consume those who had rejected Jesus in a Samaritan village. Maybe he put them on the donkey detail because they're all fired up, pun intended. And, you know, he says, let them cool their jets a little bit. Or maybe it was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, because they wanted to sit at Jesus' right hand and at his left. They wanted the places of prominence when he came into his kingdom. And it was causing a great deal of disarray and confusion among the disciples as to who was the greatest among them. And then other times, I think that maybe those two unnamed disciples are you and me. Those who need to realize that anything that we do in the service of Christ matters in this world. 
There is nothing that is insignificant for the people of God. If the Lord needs it, if the Lord calls us, if the Lord sends us out to do something, we ought to do it with joy and with glad obedience in our hearts, just as the one whom we serve. Remember last week in Philippians chapter 2, we heard that powerful text that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death. Yes, even death on a cross. God had sent Jesus to share God's love and God's peace and God's mercy in this broken world. And Jesus humbled himself even though he was created in the form of God and came in human form. He humbled himself, emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. And we are to be reminded even on this Palm Sunday that no one is greater than the one who sent them. No servant is greater than their Lord. Jesus even said, I am among you as one who serves. There's honor in humility. There's honor in service. And it is the first step and maybe the most important step in our life of discipleship is to come to a place of humility where we realize that we're not God and that there is a God and God chooses to live and to work in us and through us. And when we realize that, Uh, Great things can be accomplished for Christ and for Christ's reign and Christ's purposes on the earth. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to even to the point of death on a cross. Their roles may have seemed insignificant, but we realize that they were obedient and did just as Jesus had asked them to do. And they brought the donkey to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the coat, they sat Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their coats on the road. And whoever it was who was assigned this donkey detail played a humble role in the prophecy about this coming Messiah who would fulfill the promises, the hopes of Israel. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem, lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Palm Sunday reminds us that everyone can be a part of what God is doing in this world and that, yes, even you are included. People like you and me are included. And disciples are first and foremost humble followers and servants of the Christ. Pastor Carrie, in her children's time, uh, gave us a a beautiful illustration as she talked about uh, Herod and how Herod, uh, each year during the the festival of Passover, when thousands of people would come to celebrate their liberation from slavery uh, and bondage in Egypt, uh, during that time, the population of Jerusalem would absolutely swell. And there would be Herod coming in from Caesarea Maritima, and he would be riding on a war horse. And he would 
be surrounded by an entourage of soldiers, and it was a show of power, and it was a show of force, lest anyone come up with any ideas about revolt or rebellion uh, during those times as they thought about the aspirations of the Jewish people living under a military occupation. But on Palm Sunday, Jesus strategically rides in from the other side of town, not on a war horse, not with weapons, not with chariots or anything like that. He rides in on a donkey, the foal. He rides in humbly on a donkey. He's showing that his way is not the way of the world that he chooses a different way to be among us, to lead us, to reign over us, and chooses a different way for us as the people of God to live our lives. Jesus rides in with this ragtag group of his disciples, and you notice what happens. People all of a sudden start making way for him. His disciples spread their clothes on the road, and others do the same. And the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen. And they shouted out, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Palm Sunday also reminds us that we are to give praise for all that God has done for us in Jesus. The whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, all the acts of compassion that they had witnessed, all the acts of love and generosity that they experienced at his hands. The disciples have been with Jesus and they've heard his powerful teaching. They've witnessed the deeds of power at his hands and they want to give praise to God for all that he has done and all that they have been able to witness. Sometimes I think we seldom stop to look back on our own lives and give thanks to God for all that God has done for us. We take for granted sometimes the things in our lives, the fact that God has opened ways for us that never could have been dreamed of in our own imagine, imaginations. But God did it and we soon forget and we believe that we have accomplished it by our own hand, by our own strength, by our own might, and we forget to give praise and glory to our generous and loving God. Yeah. Yes, when we have accomplished something great in our lives, we can celebrate the hard work that we've put into it. We can celebrate our effort, but when we truly reflect, uh, we join with the people of Israel and say, if it had not been for the Lord, who was on my side, where would I be? Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Today, Palm Sunday is a day to give God praise for all the good that God has done for you. It is a day to praise God for all that God has done in sending Jesus the Christ to liberate us and to save us from our sins. But the Pharisees on that day, they said to Jesus, teacher or rabbi, order your disciples to stop. 
And I love Jesus' answer to them. He said, I tell you that if these were silent, the stones would shout. The stones would cry out. Jesus refuses to rebuke them. He won't steal their joy. He won't stop them uh, from offering praise to God for all the good that God has done in the world. The Pharisees may be scandalized by it, or maybe they're just in fear that it's going to bring down the power of Rome, or maybe they thought that they were going to lose their power, but Jesus refuses to allow them to steal the joy of his disciples on that day and refuses to allow them to stop the praises that are going heavenward toward God. On Palm Sunday, we're reminded to not allow anyone to steal our joy. Don't allow anyone in life to take away the joy that you experience from the salvation and the gifts of God that have been given to you. The powerful deeds that God has worked in your own life. Bear witness to them. Tell those stories and lift up God's name in praise. But there was also another purpose for their praise. And that is the disciples proclaim Jesus as king who comes in the name of the Lord and they declare peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The disciples are echoing the words uh, that we heard at the birth of Jesus from the angels when a multitude of the heavenly hosts uh, began praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and earth, peace among those whom he favors. It's a beautiful day of humility and joy and celebration and praise and thanksgiving for all that God has done for us. It's a beautiful moment. But even though others were rejoicing and praising God, as Jesus came near and saw the city of Jerusalem, we're told that he wept over it. He cried. He said, even you, if you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that made for peace. The only times that Jesus weeps in Scripture are over the death of Lazarus, and over, the de- and over the city of Jerusalem itself. We know the shortest verse of the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. And here we see Jesus weeping over the city. There have been moments in the past couple of weeks, I think when we have all been moved to tears, sometimes tears of joy, but also tears of sadness. Tears over what we have seen in African nations like Yemen. Tears that we have wanted to weep over the, over the hunger and the starvation uh, that we are seeing in Afghanistan. Tears over what we are seeing in Bucha in Ukraine, where death and destruction has taken place in that city in powerful ways, and it would move anyone to tears. This past week, Vladimir Zelensky said, I don't cry anymore. I cannot cry anymore. He said, the first days were really hard. My eyes were always wet. And then the dead children that I saw, he said, this is unbearable. He come to the point where he can't cry anymore. He comes to that point And it reminds us of Jesus weeping over Jerusalem and saying, if you, even you, recognize this day the things that make for peace. 
Jesus' purpose was to demonstrate the reign of God in a new way and to offer peace to the world. And as Christians, we are called to be peacemakers ourselves. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. One of the interesting things is that the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And if you've been to the Holy Land, you know that shalom is a greeting that you receive when you encounter a person. And sometimes uh, when you depart from one, you will be greeted with the word shalom. And shalom, yes, means peace, but it also signifies something that is even greater. It signifies something that is more than the absence of war and conflict. It signifies that everything is well. It signifies a wholeness, a completeness, a perfection. It points to all that is worthwhile in this life when we hear that word shalom. Interestingly, Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, has the word for peace right in it. Salem or Shalom. And just as we hear that greeting in, in the Jewish community, we hear Salam in the Arabic community. It's a beautiful word that means so much. But Jerusalem did not recognize the things that meant uh, that would bring authentic peace in the world. Instead, they would choose the way of violence and the way of war. Some years, about 30 or so years after Jesus' death and resurrection, they would choose violence and they would choose to rebel and revolt against the powers that were uh, in place at that time. And it destroyed Jerusalem and it destroyed the temple and there was blood running throughout the street. So yes, we do not know the things that make for peace. Remember we said that there were no palms and there were no hosannas? Luke did it, some believe, like Fred Craddock, believe that Luke did this not by accident, but on purpose. Because the palms and the hosannas were nationalistic in fervor. And he was choosing to lift up this Christ who would be a savior for the world. Wesley said, the world is my parish, and we have that belief as Christians that all may come to God, that all may be included. But we only experience that peace in the person of Jesus Christ. We only experience that shalom, that true shalom in him. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives, Jesus said. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. The prophet Isaiah had prophesied that the coming Messiah would be one who would be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority, he said, shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. In scriptures, we are told that God is love. But in Judges, we are even told that God is peace. As Gideon built an altar to God, he named it God is peace. The Lord is peace and extends that offer to us today. The Lord is peace and he calls us to be God's children and to be peacemakers in a broken world.
St. Francis said long ago uh, in offering some spiritual advice, he said, while you are proclaiming peace with your lips, be careful to have it even more fully in your hearts. This is what we remember on this day. But soon those who would cry out for peace, those who would lift up the name of Jesus, and those others who were along the roadside would again choose violence. They would choose Barabbas, one who had led an insurrection, rather than humbling themselves before Jesus, this Prince of Peace. Let us not make that fatal mistake of believing that we can bring uh, peace by war, that we can bring peace by violent means. Let us offer ourselves to God and open our hearts to God so that we might experience the peace that can only be found in God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Gary Church Podcast. If you would do us a favor by rating and reviewing us on the application you are using, it would be a huge help. Also, share our podcast with a friend. Thank you so much. And now receive this blessing. May the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the power of God the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.